Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. Hey, this is Daniel Markin, and on today's episode of In Doubt, I'm excited to just share with you a chat that I had with Lee Brubaker. Lee is a worship pastor, uh, worship director out in Ontario. He's been doing this for 20 years. And so we're talking about some of the verses that have been, you know, verses of scripture that have been really impactful and meaning to him over the years. Uh, 20 years doing that is, is a long time. And so you'll find this really interesting, you know, even hearing from the other side, what's it like for a pastor, for a minister? Uh, to be talking about scripture, you know, from his perspective as he leads the congregation. So I hope you find this helpful. Hey, welcome to In Doubt. My name is Daniel Markin, and today I'm joined by Lee Brubaker. Lee, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well. It's good to see you. Uh, Lee, why don't you just briefly give a, a quick bio uh, to our audience so they know, you know, who we're listening to, uh, and then we can kind of jump in from there. Yeah, uh, Lee Brubaker. I'm I'm uh, chatting with you from Hamilton, Ontario. I'm the worship director at West Highland Church in Hamilton. Uh, I've been here actually just over 20 years, and uh, yeah, I've been part of uh, worship ministry here ever since, uh, leading the choir and band and orchestra and tech teams and drama and all those things that worship people sometimes are involved in. And uh, so, yeah, just carrying on in ministry and loving the Lord as best I can and His people. So I got. Uh, my wife of 25 years and three kids, the oldest of which is getting married in about six weeks. No way. We got some interesting times in our house right now. So 20 years at the same church is an amazing, amazing thing. And I think that I just wanted to, I guess, honor you in that. Like, you know, we've never met until just before this, but when I hear someone's been at a church for 20 years, that's like, you know, 20 years in the same community, faithful ministry, um, that's that's no small feat, you know, and like it's you you get it, you get the the ins and outs of ministry and that community, and you know those people, and you've grown alongside them. And I just think it's really really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes uh, the odd new musician will will come in and start checking us out, and uh, they'll, they'll approach me as musicians always do to get involved, which I love. I love doing that. I love interviewing people and auditioning, and so they will approach me with the idea that they want to join a band. And they want to come in and just, you know, do their gig once a month or whatever. And I always say, this is not about a band. This is not about a gig here. This is a church community. This is a family. And so we're all about, of course, serving the Lord with whoever he brings to us. But it's not just about a gig. This is serving the King of Kings. It's serving the kingdom. And it's more long term than just a bounce in, bounce, bounce out. Oh, next week I'm at another church in another week. Well, I'm going to go check out this other place. Well, there's a place for itinerant musicians, but here, what you're getting at here, it's about investing in the family that's connected here. And um, that's, that's what I love to do. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, what were your, you know, what instruments do you play? And like, what, were, what was your musical training? Uh, I went to Heritage College, which is in Cambridge, just an hour away from us here. And uh, way back in the late 90s, <laughs> um, finished a bachelor of church music and my main instrument was trumpet at that time. And, uh, but along the way, I've also picked up piano and uh, guitar. Of course, about 20 years ago, I started playing guitar 
And about when we moved here to this church, I started leading from it basically every Sunday. So my main instruments are, are piano and guitar for leading these days. And, uh, you know, as many musicians, you pick up drums along the way too and different things. But, you know, I, I want to chat a little bit about this, but also there's an article here that you wrote for Gospel Coalition Canada, which is called Entering the Multiverse. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that because, uh, first of all, talk to us like, about that title, but then I thought the contents of this was was a great way, I think, for our young adults to going forward to have, in a sense, a multiverse packed away in their own minds that they can keep going back to. Uh, but if you would maybe just kind of share a little bit about what this article is, and then kind of the impact that it's had for you, I'd, I'd love to begin to interact with that a little bit. So I assume you're a little bit of a geek like I am, it's just in terms of science fiction. Oh, yeah. Uh, I certainly am. And so for me, it's Star Wars. Oh, well, that's that's the highest for sure. <laughs> yeah, a couple of years ago, I remember maybe three years ago now, watching a number of episodes of The Flash with my kids. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden this thing, multiverse, was a big deal in all these episodes. And I hadn't heard of it before that. And, of course, ever since then, I've, I've heard that term peeking out of various science fiction forms ever since. And so the other day I was just thinking about that concept and it just sparked a little bit of light bulb in my mind about verses as far as scripture verses. Um, and what, what are the multi-verses scripture-wise in my background? And, uh, and so I just talked a little bit in the article about, about the concept of multiple. The Flash, is he runs so fast that he can dive into multiple universes overlaid on top of each other. And I don't really believe that <laughs> theologically, but... But um, the concept of walking this journey of faith with Bible in hand and connecting to significant verses that mean something to you personally. So everybody always says, what's your favorite verse? And I, I got to say, in fact, I told my church this about a week ago on a Sunday morning. Um, I have a hard time answering that question because I often have a new favorite verse that crops up and it just means, means a lot to me in a certain period of time. For instance, Psalm 34 has become hugely influential for me recently. The entire Psalm, I sought the Lord and he answered me, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. There's some significant phrases in that Psalm that really impact me as a worship leader. You come to the table, communion, right? And you're tasting and you're seeing that the Lord is good. That means something to me as a worship leader. And then, of course, you have like Shane and Shane and those guys that wrote a song based on Psalm 34. And uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle picked up that and recorded their own version of it. And, and so those things fire my imagination in the scriptures, those artistic forms. But when I thought about my own life, I thought about what have been even more perhaps than those scriptures that come along just week by week, month by month. Are there ones that have been meaningful to me for years at a time? And so that brought me back to a bit of a testimonial in this article, in my own walk of faith, my own journey of, of Christianity. And so me, myself, like so many others, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents, my dad is a pastor and was for most of my life. And uh, I remember when I was at the end of grade 10, the, my parents announced one day after being at a church in London, Ontario for nine years, that it was time to move on. They were feeling like their ministry there was coming to an end and they were feeling drawn to another location, another city, another church. And 
mid high school, that's a big deal to pick up and move in the middle of your high school career, thinking about, you know, finding a whole bunch of new friends and uh, a new church community and new neighborhood and finding a new school. That's not easy for any teenager. And so that in my mind, that in my life was a significant time of wrestling. I wrestled like sort of like with, like Jacob did in the Old Testament with God. It felt like I was for a whole week really wrestling, you know, my will against God's will for my life. And by that point in my life, I was a Christian. I knew it, but I'd never really had to struggle through anything yet. I didn't have a dark night of the soul, but that kind of was for me. And I remember in that time, a verse came to bubbled up as I, I just committed myself to keep reading the word and praying, even though I was struggling and I wasn't very happy. But Romans 8.28 bubbled up to the surface in that period of my life as a teenager. And we know that God works together for good, those who um, follow him and those who are committed to him. So um, that was a verse that came to the surface as I was reading. It jumped out at the end of that chapter in Romans 8. And I had to just accept that as God's truth. God is working together something for good in me and my family and either I believe it totally or I don't. And, and in that time, God settled that in my heart. And so that became my first multiverse. <laughs> it became the first verse that was significant to me. And that lasted at least 10 years. You just mentioned, you always think about that verse. And I love that you're honest and like you're speaking to something that you actually see a lot in the Psalms, which is you can be frustrated and angry at life, even frustrated at God. And, and the way he's orchestrating things. And as Christians, uh, and feel free to jump in on this, we're actually allowed to bring that to God. Like we're actually allowed to, to vent that frustration to him. In fact, I think that's the healthiest way to, to be like, God, I'm actually angry at you. I'm mad. I know I shouldn't be, but I am. And that's actually really healthy because I, I think if we don't bring that to God, then we're at risk of like that turning into resentment yeah. and bitterness. Yeah, the psalmist, the psalmist says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? That's a raw emotion. And not, not many of us pray like that, do we? We really don't. Well, and I think that we, and rightly, we, we approach God, we approach the throne in a very, you know, like in a way you wouldn't go and yell that to the, to the king of kings. At the same time, though, we have relationship with that king of kings. Mm -hmm. And so if you were the, the king's brother, you could yell that out to him, right? Uh, about the frustration of how things are. And, and that's sort of like, that's the tight relationship that God wants with us, you know? And so I think that's, that's huge. The second piece, you know, it's just funny that you mentioned Psalm 34. That, that's a verse that literally yesterday has just been such a godsend to my wife and I. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And so it's just pretty cool, man. Like we, we just gave birth to twin girls. Ooh. And so, you know, it's been like an amazing, they're beautiful. Um, and they're, they're really, really doing well, but they were born at 33 weeks, which means we haven't brought them home yet. Okay. So they're still in the NICU. They've been there for, oh, 40 plus days. Wow. And just to like read those Psalms and, and hear of the Lord's steadfastness and love and refuge. Oh, like I, I've, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but like I've always kind of viewed myself as, a, as an intellectual, right? It's like, oh, go get degrees and understand God, you know, and, and then you can know all these things about him and be able to like help people. But there's something of like that relational comfort in scripture that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. It's like, you know what? I need this. I need the Lord in this. I need to hear 
this from him? Um, and, I, you know, I, you're a well-studied man. I'd love to hear a little bit, like, your relationship with Scripture just on, like, a, a heart level. Hmm. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not the greatest with um, excellent devotional practices, but I try and set some structure into my day that forces me to keep, keep reading, keep studying, and not get lazy with that. Because week after week, month after month, year after year in pastoral ministry, like I've been in, it's pretty easy to see scripture, the Bible as a textbook. You know, I'm just using this. Well, if you're in school, it's a textbook. If you're in church life, it's just a tool to plan a service. And you're right. It has to be more than that. And so, you know, I just, every week I'm just pulling out my app here. I'm hanging out with Nikki Gumbel. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who has a, a daily verse, daily scriptures from the Psalms, the, the New Testament and the Old Testament. It fires at me every single day. I can just read it right there. And so um, those are some of the things that I try and do to keep fresh and to keep honest before the Lord and not be getting lazy with staying in the word daily. I remember maybe about three summers ago, uh, sometimes in the summer, I like to run and stay a bit fit and healthy. So while I was running, consistently almost every day. I also had scriptures in my pocket, literally a big wad of paper. <laughs> I didn't have a phone back then that I was using as a Bible. So I actually memorized the whole book of second Timothy Whoa. as I was running through that whole summer. So every day I would, you know, take like the next 10 verses and just, you know, memorize them as I'm running along the street and have the paper and pull it out and rehearse the, the previous chapter, you know, so it's just different ways. One of our other pastors calls that habit stacking. You ever heard that term before? No. It's a great term. Habit stacking means you take something that you're doing every day, even like brushing your teeth. And, and you say, I'm going to, while I brush my teeth at nighttime, I'm going to pray for my family every day. But at that time I was taking the habit of running and stacking a spiritual discipline of, of memorizing scripture with that. It's a great way of connecting the spiritual disciplines with something that you do every day naturally. So that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that verse also in Romans is just a beautiful, beautiful verse. God working all things together for good. And we don't see that in the moment, but we see that often like later on. Right. And, and we also have to just trust that. And so what was the next verse that you had on here? So the next one was, was Psalm 100 verse 2. And this came about after I was in ministry. Um, it's a beautiful verse. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. And that word serve at the very beginning in the Hebrew can also be rendered worship. It's the same word. Worship the Lord with gladness. So the Old Testament concept of service is really worship. It's almost the same thing. And so what that means to me is that really is my personality and my calling. So personality-wise, I'm, I'm understood, I'm seen, and people tell me this, as a little bit of a, a glass-half-full person, a positive person. I tend to smile a lot. Um, I tend to see joy, I think. And even as I'm leading worship on stage, I, I exude that visually, the joy. And so the concept of serving the Lord with gladness and joyful songs is my personality. It really is. That's that's deep inside me, but there's also my calling in that because I'm coming before him with songs and that's a, as a musician, that's what I do. So, so that, that verse is really meaningful. And it, uh, it was sort of that next long 
time period of my life where I grabbed onto that verse and said, this is what I'm about. This is how I'm wired. And it's what I'm called to be serve the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful songs. And so that became kind of my second. Yeah. It's a good verse. Yeah. Have you ever had to, as you've been doing your ministry, really fight for that gladness? Like, cause I know it's easy for bitterness and resentment to fall in. I mean, have there been moments where you've been like serving the Lord with frustration? <laughs> I tell you what, um, as a worship pastor, I could substitute a number of different words in there. Serve the Lord with tiredness, <laughs> right? Or, you know, serve the Lord with apathy or uh, hopefully not, but serve the Lord with indifference. Sometimes that's life. You know, sometimes it is not all of roses and happy times. It's definitely not happy clappy, as we would say in the music world. Definitely not. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying serving the Lord with gladness is a determination to do what's right, not necessarily what you feel in the moment. Musicians have this temperament that's often fairly emotional. Artists, it's the artist temperament that, that we sometimes feel more deeply than others, maybe. And um, I'm not a melancholy person. So this verse probably would be hard for me if I was a melancholic personality. I'm not. I'm by nature a little more upbeat. But that's not to mean that I always deeply feel the joyful songs that I'm trying to lead before the congregation. But I just know, like, there's other scriptures that, that tie into that, right? Put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. That was a determination in the Old Testament that you choose praise even when you don't feel like it. And, uh, and so I think that's a, that's a good way to approach ministry. Um, we can't be fake. We can't be unreal in front of our people because people can see that mask. If you're just going through the motions, then I never want to be like that. So Lord willing, hopefully when I'm leading up front, it's not fake. It's real. Some days are harder than others. And I push through for the benefit of the people that are there um, doing what's right. Not always what's easy or what I feel like every time. Yeah. Um, as you're saying that, it kind of touches on something that I often think about and am reminded about. It's just something my dad would often say, which is, you know, worship starts before you arrive on Sunday. And that idea of like, even if you're like having a crummy time, you're going there. And we often just view, I'm sure a common critique or common thing people will say, they'll be like, oh, how was the worship? Oh, did you enjoy the worship today? Oh, we really enjoyed your worship today. Yeah, I know. And I think what they're trying to say is, hey, we really enjoyed the music. Right. And th that's not exactly what you're trying to, to do. It's like, I hope you enjoyed the music. I hope it was edifying to you. But the real question is, how was your worship today? Yes. Right? Like turning it back on them, be like, did you show up with a heart, even if it's broken, but a heart of worship? Yeah, yeah. We definitely hear more people approaching us after a Sunday, commenting on the sound volume yeah. or on song choice than really connecting with the Lord met me today. Those are the comments we love to hear because that means so much more, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. So the third verse that came along, which is more recent, actually just within the last month or two, you know, for a while I've been thinking it's time for a new one. Psalm 100 verse two has been meaningful, but that was like 10 or, 10 or more years of my life. So I just knew it was time for something that's fresh, but still contains those aspects of who I am and what I'm called to do and to be. So 
uh, one of our pastors recently referenced Hebrew 13. And this is the, the two verse scripture that jumped off the page at me. It says, through Jesus, therefore, this is verses 15 to 16. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. So that's part one. Part two goes in a completely different direction. And do not forget to do good and to share with others for with such sacrifices God is pleased. So, I mean, uh, uh, I'm in the midst of a doctorate program through Southern Seminary, and I've done a lot of study on worship through the Old Testament and the New. And I know that the term sacrifice was hugely impactful in the Old Testament, much more than we consider it today. But to bring a sacrifice to the Lord was not only a requirement of the Old Testament people, it was their joy, it was their worship. And so Hebrews, as it often does, connects back to the Old Testament. And here we have two terms, two times that the word sacrifice is used in this little little verse. And it just sparked imagination in me. Let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. So thank the Lord through Christ, we no longer offer a sacrifice of an animal. That's done. Through Christ, he was the final and complete sacrifice. So we don't need to bring animals anymore. We don't need to bring, you know, grain offerings and peace offerings and all those things. So what does Hebrews say? We bring a sacrifice of praise. So there's still a sacrifice. And and this is worship, right? The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And so that is that is telling the gospel, that is singing about it. It's it's the, what we do in vocalizing our faith. So that's so much of what I do every day, every week. I'm asking others to do the same, to openly profess the name of Christ. That is a sacrifice of praise. I love that phrase. That just speaks to me. But it doesn't stop there. And this is why I included the next verse. It continues on to... It's like, it's like the greatest commandment. Jesus said, love Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. There's the two-parter. And so here has the second part in it as well. Do not forget, verse 16, do not forget to do good and to share with others. Why? Because that also is a sacrifice by which God is pleased. So there's two sacrifices here. The sacrifice of what you say and the sacrifice of what you do with others. You know, I'm, I, I got to admit here, I'm a, I'm a task-oriented person. I'm much more task-oriented than people-oriented. And so this verse was a challenge to me recently that I, I need to be about people and loving others. And a sacrifice that the Lord is pleased with is when I'm, when I'm doing good and sharing with others. And that was a conviction for my heart recently. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a piece of worship, which is like, yeah, yeah, you have, it's faith and works. And faith and works are our worship, right? Like we we believe it, we're singing about it, but it's like, go do something about it. And that's something that I think like we always need a kick in the butt as Christians is like, look, you believe this, go go prove it. Go show that you actually believe it by making a difference in in your workplace, by making a difference like in your community, in your schools. Like that is something that, we oftentimes are missing. It's something that's always convicting, convicting to me is if you truly believed it, the action should pour out. If you truly believe Jesus is Lord over creation, then live like that's true. 
go and live for the kingdom and, and try and build his kingdom by being the best plumber you can, by being the best musician you can, the best student, biologist, whatever, right? And so I think it's a great verse to, you know, for you to, to land there because it's definitely like, it's going to always keep you, oh, I, have to, I have to practice it. You know, it's, it's always <laughs> going to be there. You can't ignore it, right? Well, as a music director, let me tell you, as a task-oriented music director, I can easily get engrossed in how the platform looks on a Sunday. So I'm, I'm looking at all these messy mic cables and, you know, patch cables, and, and I want to clean them up and keep them tidy because that's infused in my DNA as a task person. Meanwhile, there's people standing right here that want to talk to me. And I'm distracted by the things around me rather than being distracted in a good way by the people that need to be loved and cared for. So I, I, I'm always confessing this to our people too, because they know it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lee, thank you, man, for, for walking us through this and, and being part of this program today. And, you know, we're coming to the end of our time here, but I just wanted to give you the final word. You know, what is something that as you're looking forward as a worship leader, what is something that you're really excited about? about what the Lord's doing? Well, I tell you, COVID is, I think, decreasing from our world. So in this time, we are finally seeing some things opening up again. Just two or three weeks ago, our church was able to regather in double services, full out again, and now we're in no more masks anymore. So it's a very new day around here. And um, I'm seeing some of the people we've been praying for for months and even the last two years who we've not seen at all, maybe they've been online, but we haven't physically seen them. They're starting to come back again. And they're, they're sending emails and phone calls saying, we're coming back. We want to re-engage. And so these are really good things that the Lord is doing to regather his church. It's like we're coming back from exile almost. Uh, yeah, these are good days. We're just seeing the regathering. We're seeing we're seeing so many people able to use their gifts, like who couldn't the last couple of years. They're able to serve according to the spirit. And that's what we want, you know? And more than that, you know, I think a lot of our outreach as a congregation has been really hampered by the limitations of the last two years. What we just, government kept saying, this is what you can't do. You can't do this. You can't do this. Well, somehow we've, we've been trying to find a way to do things still to reach out and to love people and to share the gospel. And so we're seeing those things coming again. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that in the coming days. It's so good. It's so, and it's just so good being with one another again yeah. and hearing all the voices, mm. right? That's been an amazing, an amazing thing. So Lee, thank you for being on the program. Thank you for joining us and, you know, look forward to chatting with you again. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Hey, well, thanks again, Lee, for being on the program. If you want to find any of Lee's other work, you can go to the Gospel Coalition Canada and look up Lee Brubaker on there. But uh, thanks again for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure to connect with us on social media, and we look forward to hearing from you soon. All the best. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify, or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. In Doubt is a ministry that exists to engage young people with biblical truth and provide answers for many of today's questions of life, faith, and culture. 
through audio programs, articles, and blogs, InDoubt reaches out to encourage, strengthen, and disciple young adults. To check out all the resources of InDoubt, visit InDoubt.ca in Canada or InDoubt.com in the U.S. Or if you're in a position or share a passion for the ministry of young people, you can support the ongoing mission of engaging a new generation with the truth of the Bible. First, you can pray for this ministry. And second, and if you are able, please consider a financial gift by visiting InDoubt.ca in Canada or InDoubt.com in the U.S. Your gift of any amount is such a blessing and an answer to prayer. Thanks.